get old, I'ma be real cool. Sitting on the porch with a fresh pair of shoes. Whole bunch of stories for the neighborhood kids. Tell them to believe they'll be making it with. And I know that life is nothing easy. Well, hello, and welcome in to yet another episode of the Get Around After Dark. My name is Jake Adnip, and I will be your host this evening. In the studio with me is James Cook. We'll be breaking down all of the action from week three of prep football on today's episode. And Brett will be joining us via telephone to break down the game that he was just at, the Traverse City St. Francis at Benzie Central game, which the Gladiators took in an overwhelming victory. But to get started off with, James, we had some surprising things happen this week. A couple, a couple games that turned one way, and we weren't quite, uh, quite positive that's how it was going to go. But... When, when you look around at this, this week of football, what was your biggest surprise? Um, I'm kind of surprised at how many teams we have that are 3-0. and I mean, uh, that's something we'll talk about a little later, I guess. But, yeah. uh, I mean, we got, what, six teams that punched their third win tonight. I mean, so that's, you know, it's not unexpected that we have that kind of success, but maybe some of who those teams are is a little bit more of a surprise than others. You know, I mean, uh, you know, West had another close game that they, that they weren't able to pull out, but, I mean, you know, close against a, a pretty quality opponent. I guess that's a, a little bit of a surprise, but uh, other than that, there there was, there was there was some games that you know turned out as expected, and one of those games was the Traverse City St. Francis at Benzie Central game that Brett was at. We're gonna go have him break that down right now. Well, it was uh, I mean it was beautiful weather tonight out in Benzie. The crowd was really good for the for the game. It was uh, I mean it was as picturesque a football setting as you get this time of year. Maybe not quite as competitive to the end of the game to build off of that, but St. Francis took care of business, 55 to 18. They were a little, well, actually, I don't know if St. Francis was sluggish so much as Benzie Central played pretty well in the first half, uh, particularly defensively. They just they couldn't finish their opportunities on offense. You know, maybe a, a team that is a little more experienced in its winning ways than the Huskies' recent 2-0 start. Maybe that game is a little more interesting, uh, but St. Francis just, you know, being who they are and who they've been for so long, they they got through their few little mishaps a little easier than Benzie did. You can read the story uh, tomorrow. I, I touch on how uh, Benzie Central they six of their first possessions, five of them got into St. Francis territory, and they didn't score on any of them. So that's the that's the kind of lack of execution or missed opportunities that coach Jason Cott was talking about for, for Benzie and for St. Francis, it was really all about uh, Danny Passano and Artie Dutmers, who was our podcast guest this last week uh, with you guys. He, uh, he had two interceptions one he returned 70 yards for a score and a 35 yard touchdown catch with only 15 seconds left in the half. That kind of, got St. Francis going again in the right direction to make it 28-6 at the break. You know, if he doesn't take that pick six to the house or they don't score there in those final seconds, it's, it could be easily have been a one-score game, even if Benzie was still having all kinds of issues once they got near the red zone. But, uh, you know, there's there was a lot to like there for both, for both teams. For Benzie, people have seen where they've been the last few years, and while the coaching staff wasn't too keen on that narrative you know it's true you can definitely see how much better this team is I mean they 
they look like a legitimate football team. And obviously in the last two years, there's been times when they haven't had a football team at all. So they've taken some major steps in the right direction. And, and St. Francis just looks good. I mean, you said you'd never covered a St. Francis game before, right? In football. No, I, I, I've shot a couple like on Saturdays uh, where I've seen a half here or there or, you know, maybe the occasional overlap when there's a double header at Thurlby. But well, this was probably this, only the second or third entire St. Francis game I covered. I know I covered one out at Kalkaska, I think, a couple of years ago. But, yeah, I, I wanted to take the opportunity with with the – you know, central out on the road to, to go see them play a whole game. And, you know, they, they look ready. They've man, Danny Passanow, he is just, that's a kid. I was glad to finally get to see play a whole game because he is just ridiculously quick. I mean, even when he's running the ball, obviously he's not the biggest kid on the field, but he, he doesn't really take too many big shots and nobody can really touch him once he hits the corner. <laughs> And it sounds like Artie Dutmers was not a victim of the Jake break after getting on the podcast with us this past week. Obviously had a pretty good performance, so we might be able to shell that myth out of the out of the podcast studio. Well, you didn't do a story on him. Close enough. Exactly. <laughs> but well, I I, th- I think as far as the podcast goes, we've been pretty good with the success rate of of guests going forward. Like James just mentioned, it was it was your stories that were throwing throwing kids off. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll just stay away from Artie then. Thank you, Brett, for <laughs> <laughs> thank you for joining us via telephone as your paternity leave is coming closer and closer to a close. Can't wait to have you back in the studio full time with us. So that was the only game that the Traverse City Record Eagle Sports crew was able to go out and cover this week. It has been pretty hectic uh, with other things starting up, but we are going to head right into our week three football roundup presented by Jimmy Johns. James, you kind of mentioned this at the start of the show, but we do have six area teams who are now 3-0, and and there's some impressive wins in there. And, uh, you know, just to start off with, obviously we started with off the top, Traverse City St. Francis taking down Benzie. Just got the report from Brett on that. That was also a 3-0 and for the Gladiators. And just a little side note, uh, Benzie Central is now 0-38 all-time against Traverse City St. Francis. So that's kind of something I figure is maybe worth mentioning. I mean, you've been covering St. Francis for a couple of years now. You know it in and out. I mean, it, it's got to be hard for Benzie to even take that step up the road when they see that happening. Yeah, and, and if you look at the all the records of the former Lake Michigan Conference teams um, when they played Traverse City St. Francis, a lot of the records are kind of like that. It's not 0-38, but a lot of them are 1-37, you know, 2-30-something. Yeah. So they're not alone. You know, yeah, I mean, there's a reason why, uh, you know, years ago the Lake Michigan Conference team voted to remove Traverse City St. Francis from the league because uh, in, in football it was just lopsided kind of all over. You know, Benzie Central or Boyne City was about the only team really that competed with St. Francis. No. Another team that did go 3-0, and and kind of surprisingly, we've talked about this team over the last couple of weeks, uh, Kingsley took out Grayling by a score of 38-8, to and Aiden Mullen had a great job um, in that game. He had 14 carries, 155 yards, two rushing touchdowns. Payson Caballero also had a pretty good day. He had a rushing touchdown on 15 carries with 40 yards, but he also had a 70-yard interception return for a touchdown that really gave the Stags a boost to push them back over Grayling. So are you surprised that 
Kingsley's 3-0 and going into their game against St. Francis next week, that big matchup between now our two 3-0 and um, area teams. I think a lot of people are. And I think uh, at least a little part of it was that and Tim Wu was kind of soft-pedaling the team at the beginning of the season. Um, I, I don't know if that was intentional or not. But, you know, he didn't seem like the, he expected this team to come out and do this at the beginning of the year when he, when he was talking to us before the season started. Um, so for them to do this, uh, you know, after the, the season, the last couple of years they've had, you know, is, is a bit of a surprise, you know. And, you know, St. Francis is going to have another game this week, kind of similar to the Benzie yeah. game this week. So they're going to have a team that they maybe didn't really expect to come in undefeated against them. Yeah. And, I mean, we'll, we'll definitely see if Kingsley's for real this week. That's one of those matchups. We know how good St. Francis is. There's no question about it. They've been trouncing everybody the first three games of the season. Um, some good opponents, you know, with Glen Lake and, you know, an undefeated Benzie Central. So that's a test for them, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on. The Elks out in Elk Rapids put it to Kalkaska as they uh, debuted their new scoreboard tonight. But Kalkaska did put some points on the board, so they scored their first time this season. The final score was 52-6. to six. Um, Elk Rapids has been rolling, once again, 3-0, and and that's another one of those really high-powered offenses who have been putting up 40-plus points in each of the first three weeks of the season. Yeah, that offense has just been churning out points this season. I mean, Gordy LaFontaine at quarterback, they haven't missed a, a beat. Um, you know, last year, Skylar Campbell was a, a highly productive quarterback, and this year, uh, you know, Gordy LaFontaine is just really taking those reins up. Um, you know, throwing nine for 15 this week, 145 yards, two more touchdowns, ran for another touchdown. Nick Azaridis running for 51 yards and two TDs, another 71 yards and receiving and a touchdown. And, you know, one of the leaders on the team in defense with uh, 10 tackles. And then, and then oh, and then, uh, you know, Alex Villegas, five punt returns for 55 yards, including a 65-yarder for a touchdown. I mean, he's one of the, he's one of the, probably one of the fastest kids around here. It'd be interesting to put him and Danny Passano in a foot race. Yeah, and especially with how highly Brett was just talking about him after seeing him for the first time. Moving on to eight-player football, the Onekama Portagers are continuing to roll. It looks like they are going to be that prominent force in the area in eight-man football. They just took out Bel Air by a score of 59-0, to which, once again, that's, that's two games in a row over 50 points and held their opponents under 10 that's a that's a pretty big point differential. Aaron Powers showed up once again. He only carried the ball four times, but listen to this. He had 151 yards, three rushing touchdowns, and he also showed up with an interception on the defensive side. So once again, Aaron Powers is showing up for the Portagers and doing a lot of the work for him. Yeah, I mean, 151 yards is uh, is nice, but he did it on four carries. Four carries. That's averaging about, what, 38, almost 40 yards per carry. Yeah. I mean, 151 yards, guys. You know, guys do that. Yeah, we had plenty. We had plenty of guys. You know, it's it's a nice it's a nice game. Yeah. But you know, guys do that a decent amount. But on four carries. Yeah. It's crazy. And I think you know we didn't get to see that game, but I think if what I saw from him last week and him bowling over those Central Lake players, I'm pretty sure he must have just broke off some stuff and nobody could touch him. So I actually would be pretty interested to see those types of runs. I think we're seeing this year. um, You know, Onekama is kind of what we expected last year before they ran into the hiccup of Central Lake. 
you know, where I think we kind of expected Onekama to run the table in, in eight-man last season. They're very well on their way to doing that this year. Yeah, they already got that hiccup that they had last year out of the way, and they did it in style. So I'm sure they're riding pretty high going into the week number four. Now, TC Central was out of town, as Brett mentioned, which is why he was at Traverse City St. Francis this week. But they traveled all the way down to South Lyon, and they won a close game. I know you talked to Coach Eric Sugars on the phone about it, and they won 14-10, to 10, and Tobin Schwanicki really did some work for him. What did he have to say? Yeah, he ran for two touchdowns. You know, he, he said uh, the first half was completely scoreless. Neither team scored. He said although although both teams were able to move the ball at times, each of them had drives that stalled out inside the 20. And uh, I think one of theirs was because of a fumble that uh, Jack Sherwin forced. And then uh, in the second half, kind of both offenses came alive a little bit. Uh, South Lion East kicked a field goal, and then Central came back, got a, uh, a decent drive going, and Tobin Schwanke finished that off with a long touchdown run, you know, 40 yards, 40, 40, 42 yards, something like that. And then South Lion returned the next kickoff for a touchdown Yeah, and, to take that lead back. And that actually kind of ties into what happened with Traverse City West as well. Uh, Traverse City West went all the way down to Holt. They also lost a close game. It was 14-7. to According to Coach Greg Vaughn, you know, the defense has done what it's done all year and has done a phenomenal job of holding down offenses. They only allowed seven points. The one touchdown that they did score was on a short 25-yard drive after West got hands on a punt that had a bad snap, and Sam DeKuyper ran it in from two yards out. But on the ensuing kickoff, Holt took the kickoff to the house and put them back down 14-7, to and that really kind of threw them off kilter right at the beginning of the fourth quarter. So... I know Coach Vaughn was pretty disappointed. He told me he took the brunt of this because the offense is just not up to where he thinks it should be, and he said he's not doing a good job coaching his guys to be able to score inside the 20. They had four drives stop inside the red zone, a couple that were goal line stands, uh, first and eight on the eight, and they couldn't score. First and seven on the seven, uh, Sam DeKuyper fumbled on a QB sweep, so that was another one. And on the very last drive of the game, they got down inside the 30, and Sam DeKuyper threw an interception with about three minutes left that kind of – you know, put the cap on the game. So they didn't have the greatest showing, but he was very proud of his defense and heading into next week's game, which we'll talk about obviously plenty more a little bit later tonight and uh, next week. He thinks that they, you know, really have to s- step up their game plan in order to do anything about Traverse City Central. The last team that did go 3-0 and this week is Sutton's Bay. They toppled Forest Area 27-20. to I thought that game was going to be a bit more of a high-scoring shootout uh, with both of those offenses who have been doing pretty well. Chase Ingersoll was running all over the place, but didn't seem like he had the best game. He had 12 carries for 27 yards and only one for three passing. I mean, it was a 45-yard pass, but he obviously wasn't able to get much going against that Suns Bay defense. Lucas Mikesell did show up today, though. He had 13 carries for 163 yards with two touchdowns. Bryce Opie also added a touchdown with nine carries and 64 yards. He also had a passing touchdown that he threw to Eric Halverson for 36 yards. Sutton's Bay now moves to 3-0 ahead of their matchup when they travel out to Wyoming Tri-Unity next week. Yeah, I mean, if you look at Sutton's Bay's defense and uh, and look at those numbers. Uh, maybe they're a little bit generous on the uh, on the tackle numbers, but uh, Eric Halverson, 24 tackles. That means he was flying all over the field. Alex Aguiar, 17 tackles, 4 tackles for a loss. You're going to see tackles for a loss a whole lot. As, as commonly an 8-player football, I think, as you do an 11-player. So, I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. And then Michael Lauchs and Zach Morton both with 14 tackles. Yeah, so that defense obviously showed up. And if you look at Chase Ingersoll's stats, you can tell that they really did shut down their biggest weapon. And I'm sure that's what made this game 
so close, but also made Sutton's Bay come out on top. That's going to do it for the teams that went 3-0, and but there are a couple other games that teams kind of turned around their fortunes of what they've been doing over the last couple weeks at the beginning of the year. Glen Lake finally got that win in Week 3. They shut out Mancelona 48-0. to I think they probably took out some of the frustrations that have built up you know, after playing New Lothrop and Traverse City St. Francis over the last couple of weeks, you know, took a couple of lickings. I'm sure it felt good for them to turn it around on Mancelona. Yeah, I mean, Reese Hazelton uh, took over at quarterback. You know, you had, you had uh, Joey Fosmore, the knee injury last week. Um, it sounded like he might miss a little bit of time, but I don't know that it's going to be too extended or anything. But uh, Reese Hazelton took, a, took over at quarterback and made the most of it. Three touchdown runs, you know, 53, 21, and nine yards and two touchdown passes of 30 and 31 yards. So uh, he certainly took advantage of that opportunity to, to have the quarterback position all to himself no. uh, for that game. And, uh, you know, 48 to nothing. That's a big-time shutout. It's the opposite almost of what their scores have been yeah. the first two weeks. So. Exactly. And the other team that, you know, has kind of turned around their fortunes and these two teams will be going ahead to face off next week is Frankfurt. They defeated Inland Lakes 35-18. to 18. Connor Smith had three receiving touchdowns on 160 yards. Uh, Jack Stefanski, 152 passing yards. He was 9 for 17, and um, they got a couple a couple different ways to score. Ethan Ness had a 49-yard punt return. I know Coach Stapleton told me that was the first score they've had on special teams, and it was really good to see all three facets of the game working well in this matchup before they go play that league foe in Glen Lake. Yeah, I think that should be, I mean, if you know, if the Patriot game wasn't going on next Friday. I think that would be one of the highlight games of the week would be uh, Frankfurt versus Glen Lake. I mean, the, those, those two teams, if you put their records together, they're 500. Yeah. But, you know, I think everybody around here knows that, the, that those two teams are, are better than that yeah. uh, historically. And that, that, that this game is always one of those big-time clashes. Um, and then the other, the other matchup I think that you would have uh, next week would be St. Francis and Kingsley, two undefeated teams. I mean, you kind of ruined our whole top matchup segment later, but it's okay. <laughs> Well, we can, we can it's skip that. It's a tease. <laughs> it's, it's a tease. tease. Okay. But we did have a couple other big-time shutouts like Glenn Lake putting 48, uh, 48 points up on Mancelona. Uh, Johannesburg-Lewiston toppled East Jordan 42-0, to zero, which gives them two wins on the season. Had a host of people add some points for them, so that was good for the Cardinals. And Misik shut out Baldwin 66-0. We know Baldwin had some issues last week with – not enough players in their school, but it was it was a uh, a trouncing by Misik and and the biggest performance out of that game was probably Matt Bennett for 129 yards on the ground with three touchdowns. And on defense, Cole Spencer actually showed up quite well too. He had 13 tackles when four of those were tackles for loss. Uh, he had a couple carries as well with a touchdown on the ground. And Dalton Sabo also added a score, but he caught one from Joey Stewart on four receptions for 70 yards. He also had. 13 tackles and five for loss in that game. So Misik definitely put a put it down on Baldwin this week. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, Dalton Sable is one of those players I wouldn't go head to head with um, in football or in rock paper scissors. Have you done that before? Uh, no, when I was there during the uh, the, oh, that the football was, uh, camp on, on, on that Misik, uh, he was playing rock paper scissors with a teammate of his to see who would get interviewed. And uh, and he won, and then afterwards he was telling me that the other kid had a towel, so he knew what he was going to throw. Oh, man. <laughs> Poker face and, and rock, paper, scissors. I don't want that either. That is going to do it for our football roundup presented by Jimmy Johns, covering all the games from the week three in the prep football season out in the northern Michigan area. Uh, but we did want to bring up a few of the top performers from this week. We did mention most of them 
in the breakdowns for the games, but we'd like to take it back. Uh, as you mentioned, Reese Hazleton took over at quarterback this week. He had three rushing touchdowns, including that long of 53 yards. He also had those two passing touchdowns. So in his first appearance there, at taking the whole game by himself, five touchdowns, I don't think anybody out in Glen Lake would be too mad about that, especially that he gave them their first win of the season. Then you had uh, uh, Manton's Trevor Solani had 107 rush yards, three rushing touchdowns, 48 receiving yards, and 16 tackles in a 28-22 to win over Beale City. Um, so that's, uh, that's a big uh, Highland Conference win for them early. Um, to get them uh, to get them out front, uh, BLC is one of the one of the better teams in that league. Uh, so that, that's that's a pretty huge win, and they get Lake City on Friday. Yeah, and we did actually neglect to put Manton in our three and O crew. Manton is also three and O, so mm-hmm. they should be bumped back up to the top of this segment because uh, they also have kind of impressed in the beginning of the year when not everybody would assume they would be three and O. It's another one of those surprise teams. Yeah, a team that lost a decent amount of starters from last year and had a change in the coaching staff, and then to, to go out to come out three and zero and beat one of the teams that's perennially one of the better teams in your league this week is a it's a pretty impressive win. Yeah, when you go three and zero, you're already halfway towards the playoffs, so it's a, everybody's got to be pretty happy with three wins under their belt to start off with. And the last guy that we did want to mention, Frankfurt's Connor Smith. I did mention him a minute ago, but he had three receiving touchdowns on 160 yards, and that's one of the better receiving performances that we have seen all year with three catches on the night to put some points on the board for Frankfurt. Now, those are the top performers that we saw from week number three of the prep football season, and as James had teased to earlier on, we do have a few top ma- matchups to mention for you next week, so make sure you get out and see some high school football up in the area. TC Central and TC West, the Patriot game, got moved to week four, so they are going to face off for the first Friday night game at Thurlby this year. That's obviously going to be the most talked about matchup of the week. Uh, we know Thurlby will most likely be filled, uh, 3-0 and Central against a 1-2 and Traverse City West. We'll have to see how those teams fare, and that's the first BNC conference game for each one of them. Start, we'll start to see if Central's for real or if West can you know, pick, up, pick up what they've been lacking so far. We may even you know, talk about that game a little bit on the, uh, the regular Get Around podcast. Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little maybe bit. Maybe just a little bit. The next game for our top matchup of the week would be Glen Lake at Frankfurt. We just talked about these two teams that are 1-2, and two, um, or 2-1 and one and 1-2 one and respectively for Glen Lake and Frankfurt. And, you know, this is, like you said, this is a game that everybody knows both these schools are going to bring it. And it's going to be a slugfest, and there's really no telling how this game is going to turn out, if you ask me, because we've just seen the flashes of what Glen Lake really can do, and I don't think that we've really seen the full flashes of what Frankfurt can do. So I think this is going to be one of those games when you go out there and you watch it, it's, it's just going to be a heck of a game to watch. Yeah, I think both of these teams are, are learning a lot about themselves in these first three games. You know, both had to replace a lot of kids, you know, a lot of seniors, a lot of leadership. You know, These teams are not the same as the one last year, but... You know they're they're learning a lot in these first three games, and uh, you you saw them both post pretty impressive wins this week. So they both come into that game with a a pretty good uh, head of steam behind them. And the last matchup that we would consider a top matchup for week number four is one that is going to be on Saturday night at Thurlby. So make sure you mark your mark your calendars on that one. Kingsley at Trans- Traverse City St. Francis, two three and O teams facing off, and like we said before, we're really going to see if Kingsley's for real now because we know how good Traverse City St. Francis is. So make sure you get out to Thurlby on Saturday night to see that matchup. Yeah, I think one of, one of the oddities of this year so far has been that there has not been a high school football game played 
at Throwby Field on a Friday night yet. Yep, the we're, Patriot game will be the first three, one. The, we're three weeks. We're through three weeks of football now, and nobody has played on Throwby Field on a Friday night. Yeah, Traverse City West had the Thursday night game first week, and uh, Central had the Thursday night game the second week. So first Friday night football game. They might have just saved it for the Patriot game because they want to fill Throwby up, and they know everybody's ready for those Friday night lights. Yeah, it'd be the first time to see every see uh, Central and West at home. And that is going to do it for us tonight on the Get Around After Dark. I did want to take a second to mention, if you heard the new intro music at the beginning of our episode today, that was Mac Miller. He had passed away today and was one of the big musical influences in my young life as a teenager. Grew up listening to him with a lot of my friends, and I have a lot of memories tied to his music. So I just wanted to make sure we represented him a little bit today and say rest in peace to Mac Miller. And James also lost a prominent figure in his life uh, from this, you know, this week. I don't know if I'd say that, but it's somebody I, you know, I, I pretty much everybody knows well, at least people, you know, more my age maybe, you know. But Burt Reynolds, star of a lot of movies. Yeah, Smokey a lot and of the TV Bandit. Shows and everything. And inspiration for Turd Ferguson. <laughs> exactly. So. R.I.P. Uh, Turd Ferguson. Yeah, rest in peace uh, to... Burt Reynolds and Mac Miller, may, may they rest easy. Just needed to make sure we got that out there because today was a bit rough for me trying to deal with all the football while that went on. But that will do it for us tonight on the Get Around After Dark presented by Jimmy Johns. Make sure to catch the sports newsletter that comes out on Saturday morning. That will give you all of the top stories from the Friday night games and anything including uh, one of the stories that I did on the NHL Prospect Tournament that went out, started off today. Um, on Dennis Chalowski, so make sure you go ahead and take a look there and tune in with us on Monday for the regular edition of the Get Around. It is going to be a bit of a special episode as James kind of teased. We have the Patriot game coming up, so make sure that you tune in for that for all you need to know about Traverse City Central versus Traverse City West. And we'll have Detroit Red Wings, I don't know if I call him, I guess, beat reporter. I mean, he's, he's a blogger, George Malik, but I mean, he's actually one of the most in depth coverage of the Red Wings that you'll find out with anybody. He's really tapped in, is the way that I put it. So uh, we'll be really excited to have him on our show on Monday. He knows more about the Red Wings than all three of us combined times ten. I was going to say plus plus the more probably. I know I was talking to him today, and he had quite a bit of knowledge for me. Yeah, yeah, it's encyclopedic. It's impressive. So, so I, I think he'll be a good guest on Monday. Um, so we'll talk about a lot, of, a lot of Red Wings lot of Patriot game and we'll work in some of the other stuff as we can. Yeah, there's been there's, there's been quite a few good performances over the week, so we will mm-hmm. see you on Monday.